0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, and a member of FDIC.
1: now! For those fans around the world, this is the moment you've all been waiting
2: for! Adam Liverpool England! They were super necessary.
0: And welcome back to super necessary today i have the honor and the privilege of being able to say that joining us is former wbu and wbo cruiserweight champion of the world big mach enzo machronelli what an honor uh, absolutely delighted you could join us enzo how are you doing
1: yeah good thanks guys thanks
0: for having me on not a problem it's our pleasure um so say so we've got an absolute ton of questions to ask you because your career is just that extensive there's so much to ask um so First of all, the way we always start, just let people know. So, how did what got you started with boxing? What what was the attraction to that?
1: Uh,
0: I didn't have much choice. My
1: my dad, <laughs> my, dad my dad had me and my mother, and I think he basically had me because he wanted a fighter. Um, <laughs> you know, they say fighters are born. I weren't born. I, I was made. My dad made me to be a fighter, and uh, uh, you know, it was hard at times. But from a young age, I, lo- I loved getting into the rocks. So, um,
2: here I am. Nice. So, when it just you don't have a choice. You, you are being a fighter.
1: <laughs> uh, I honestly got I, I ate 13. Uh, obviously, 13, 14, started going out with the boys on the weekends. you know, Up the park, drinking a bottle of white cider, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, unless I trained, I wouldn't get my pocket money. Uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> taught, taught, taught me the basics. Taught me the basics. We're you, going to work for what we get for.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think that's uh, one of the one of the key aspects people don't really see with boxing is it does teach you sort of your basics. You've got to work hard for everything you gain, and obviously you gain you gain a lot from it. Thankfully, um, yeah, it
1: was, it was for me best sport in the world. Uh, like I said, I loved to fight. I hated my dad at times because uh, of the fact that you know I was getting into girls and you know at, at the park having a. Having a joint now and again and, <laughs> but you know without, without the pocket money I would buy you nothing so you know I had, I had to train I had to work hard uh, otherwise I wouldn't get it <laughs> um,
2: we, we, we did we did have a, have a question there. I'm gonna bring it back in uh, now knowing that um you were a I believe it was a was a belt in in kickboxing. it was was that something your dad said you had to do as
1: well or was that no was not- <laughs> It was a purple, purple belt, and Airpool, you know, yeah. not not many, not many people know that. So fa- fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, I, was, uh, I got, I got a purple belt. Uh, I, I, don't know how I couldn't kick above my shin. Um, <laughs> most, most, of most of the tournaments I went to, I kept getting disqualified for uh, closed fist punching, obviously. Um, but it was like, it was, it was, it was just I was too young to box at the time, so my dad put me into something else, and. Um, uh, i always remember one, one tournament, it was like a Christmas inter-club tournament, and I fought one year, and I won all my fights, and I got to the final, and I fought a girl, and I won it That so I, I lost, <laughs> uh, the, year, the year after, the year after, I destroyed everyone, including the girl. Lesson's
0: <laughs> learned. <laughs> yeah,
2: I faced, I faced, she was a nemesis, and then, I'm. I'm just. I'm getting the next time. That's it. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um. So, can can you for you can you remember the moment when you realized
1: you were ready to become a pro in the sports of boxing? Um. The mo- I always, I always knew I could punch. I always knew I was strong. I, you know, I was. Uh, I was knocking out men of fourteen, and I mean, I mean professional fighters as well i have like dropping them in the gym i was only 14 so i knew then i had something um then i turned senior i had two years out of the ring uh i turned senior uh I, like i said i'm boxing two years and my dad had a phone call and he said look Ma- mario my dad's name was he said mario we've got a, an open class heavyweight elite heavyweight uh we're we looking for a heavyweight have we got any heavyweight he said yeah enzo he said, oh, "You can't put Enzo in with him. He, he's 26. He's lost one in 30. He, you know he's dynamite." He said, "Yeah, Enzo fight him. <laughs> so, cut a long story short, we went there. Uh, it was an article in the local paper. Enzo, really good schoolboy, uh, won British titles as a kid, but don't expect too much out of him tonight. He's really up again against it. So I got in there, minute and ten seconds, it was over. Um, <laughs> he, he was flat out on his face on the floor for. For about ten minutes, so I had Jesus. I had six I had six senior fights, six wins, five first round spark cold knockouts, and one third round spark cold knockout. So uh, I knew then, you know, I was, I was just a just a danger. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and, wow. uh, that's got to be mad to to you
2: know, like I can like put someone else. You know what I mean?
1: Like, <laughs> from, a, from, a, from a young from a young age, I think my first knockout was. Uh, 2013 Junior ABA Championships quarterfinals. Uh, I knocked the kid spark cold. through so 13. I knocked the kid spark cold in the first 20 seconds of a fight. I mean, out cold, sleeping. It must be so frightening for his parents. Like, yeah, yeah. But,
2: yeah, but uh, adrenaline pumping through you. It's got to be like a good feeling as well.
1: Oh, it's, it's an amazing feeling. But I've always been one of them. I never actually wanted to hurt anyone. Mm. Uh, I could. Uh, so, what I, you know, I people go back when I knocked Roy Jones out and I tucked a knee in the corner, and I've done that all my life. You know, I never, I never wanted to when, I, when I'm in there and in the moment, yes, I'm trying to take your head off. I never want to see this damage anyone, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about respect, isn't it, as well? So, uh,
1: and that's what boxing teaches you that little bit of respect,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, I probably already know the answer to this one with what you've said, but were there any nerves ahead of your your first pro fight or was it just a, another fight to you?
1: Um yeah I didn't really get nerves and I think the first pro fight it was like uh it was in Cardiff, uh I was on a match room show and I thought a, a journeyman a, a good journeyman one of them journeyman don't get stopped he'd done things and I'd been knocking everyone out and uh I went there to put on a show and um I ended up winning on points. what went, went easy but I was I was fucking devastated that it was so I'm uh, but no I, you know taught, taught me a lot and it was good there I, I literally oh, I think it was about two months after my 18th birthday I had my first pro fight uh, I just come back from Bernadone with the boys two months <laughs> earlier Ble- bleach blonde my hair so my first pro fight I got I got peroxide blonde there
0: <laughs> well, no one was ever, no one was ever gonna forget you with a look like that I suppose.
1: Uh, <laughs> We should have won by knockout. Well, he had the blonde there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, talking about lessons learned, um, in your fourth profile, obviously you suffered that loss. For you though, was that sort of a blessing in the scars, as you then went undefeated for eight years.
1: When when, when I look at it, yes, you know, it was like the fucking world had ended for me at the time. Uh, but it, it was it was my own fault. Um, Technically, I was I 19. I was up against a former world champion kickboxer. So technically, for for the little experience oh. I had, that was pretty much too much for me at that time. But I was still smashing him to bits. Mm-hmm. I literally was smashing him to bits. And I come out the third round, uh, and I just had nothing left. I was absolutely shattered. But then when I look at it, the you know the, the landscape of what I was doing, uh, I was go- still going out with the boys. Is a picture of me the night before night before the fight in town. I uh, weren't drinking, but I was out. Um, yeah, uh, you know I wasn't living the life, and even even though he was too experienced for me at the time, and I shouldn't, I still should have won. Mm. Uh, but you know, just just taught me a lesson. I remember, I remember going back to the boys' house after. I had some good friends. Never left me. Um, you know, spark, spark up a couple of joints. Watch, watch Friday, Austin Powers. <laughs> just, just have a laugh. But I was just numb. I was just numb, and. I, I also I always said to myself I'll never get like that again. You know I, I take I take the fact of losing. I know I, I'm not a good loser and stuff like that, but I can I could accept the fact if someone's better than me. Uh, but if it's because of my own stupidity, that's mu- that's much harder to take.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I know you you're a sort of big advocate of healthy body and healthy mind. Um, in moments like that, how tough mentally do you have to be to overcome them setbacks? It it, it
1: gotta be really tough
0: mentally, you know, just been just
1: being knocked out live on TV and um you know, your, your whole world, an 18-year-old kid, uh your whole world has just collapsed in front of you, that's so you think. Um, so I either sit there, dwell on it and cry, which I probably did, I probably had a tear in my eye after I didn't speak to no one. Um but I, I, do I dwell on it. I probably did for a day. And then I once once I sobered up, uh, I realized Fuck it, you know this is what I want. Uh, I'm gonna put things right. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so you you need those moments, not just in like a boxing career, but in life to really. Course, or, you know, do. Yeah. Um. So uh, as we mentioned, you went undefeated for eight years, winning the WBU and the WBO cruiserweight titles. What was your emotions like in those moments? Knowing that you've worked towards towards them.
1: Uh, it, it was just it was just it, it, it was mad for me because when I turned pro at a young age, you know, where I'm from Swansea and they never had a world champion before. And you know, they, people were telling me, um, you're never gonna get anywhere, you've got to have more experience, you've turned professional too young. Um, I didn't fucking listen to anyone. I listened to my dad. My dad, my dad knew I was gonna be a world champion, and he kept instilling into me every day. Uh, so I didn't care. I didn't listen to everyone. And you know, people always ask me, what is my greatest achievement in boxing? And um, they actually think it's winning the world title. And it wasn't. It was winning the world title, but seeing my dad's face because I won the world title, that he wanted it more than me. Don't get me wrong. I love the sport and I'm so proud of what I've done, but he wanted it more than me. And i was so happy for him to see his boy get that world title. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: definitely. So, uh, have you
2: always had those sort of that sort of negative energy come towards you? Because you mentioned there in your first pro fight, you, you were like, don't expect much from Enzo. So have you had that from like the, the, the start of your career without outsiders or
1: yeah, you do, you do you always get it, you know. They, they, they see some youngster uh coming through. Uh, they didn't realise the determination I have. You know, people people nowadays think you've got to be a great amateur to have a great pro career. You know, I see I see. Uh, people putting fighters down because they haven't got great amateur career they're not going to get very far we you don't need it don't get me wrong it helps it gives you gives you experience it gives you things but you don't need it you just got to the main thing for me train hard have that will have that desire have that self-belief let no one tell you you can't do nothing and you you tell yourself you can do everything
0: yeah absolutely be so messy yeah it's all about self-belief if, if you haven't got that in yourself then you can't expect anyone else to have it in you, I suppose.
1: Hundred percent, man. Like I said, you know, just I see kids who haven't really done much in the amateurs, and you know they're not, not going to turn pro because they think because they haven't done nothing in the amateurs. Uh, but you know, suck it up, get on with it. As you all know, take a spoonful of cement, harden the fuck up, get some, <laughs> get, get some work done, and you know, make yourself proud, make make yourself proud, make your family proud. You know, you can achieve whatever you want.
0: Absolutely. Um, so. Eight years undefeated, on top of the world, uh, and then you come up against David Hay. Right at this is time, where, this,
1: is where, this is where the podcast ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, I mean at the time, obviously, in the cruiserweight division, it was it was you and him. You were the two best by far in the world in the division. How, how tough of an opponent was David Hay? Right, it's hard for me to say. I, I at his best, he was phenomenal.
1: Uh, you know, I could say that. And, you know, some people know, some people don't. And I trained, I trained my bollocks off that fight. I literally, you know, I I could, have had, I could have had an extra half a million on top of my purse if I if I really haggled and stuff like that. But I didn't care. I just wanted a fight. I wanted to be known as the number one. So I trained very hard, stupidly hard. The week before I done my last bar, uh, I weighed in after my last bar. I weighed 14 stone three, three quarters, which is spot on for me that's brilliant I was ready to go uh, on a Monday I went to the press conference in London for, for why I don't know but I come home the same day I shouldn't have I should have just stayed up there uh, and I, I caught gas around the right that's to cut the long story short mm. and on the way in for the fight bear in mind I was 14 a week before perfect weight I weighed 13-10 or 9 with trousers on two phones in my pockets um Frank Warren's wallet. That's a couple of pounds. Um, <laughs> and I, I was fucked. I was absolutely fucked. And a couple of people around me seen I was fucked. And I weren't going to I weren't gonna pull out. And, you know, looking, looking, looking now, when then I was thinking, oh, I, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be this. In reality, I was fucking stupid. You know, I went through uh, with a fight that shouldn't have been nowhere near a ring. Um, so I was looking for people to pull me out. And, and, and no one did. You know, have Frank didn't know, Frank would have pulled me out if he know, I know that um, but would I have beat him on a different night? I don't know, I'm not going to say I would have he just because I was ill uh, I think he was that good so, but for me to say how good he actually was, it's hard for me to say it because I don't really know because he, yeah, he, right. beat, he beat, he beat a, a shell of a man, it, right. to, to be honest there's not many in the top 20 that night who couldn't have beat me yeah yeah, uh, right. All the, all the boys I beat in the past, I I guarantee you about seventy five percent of them would have beat me that night.
0: Right. So with with that knowing what you went through with your, obviously your body sort of letting you down in a way, did you ever push for the rematch with with hey
1: uh, no. Um, he went straight up the heavyweight. I couldn't do heavyweight, so I knew that was you know I knew that would have been out the window. I had a couple of fights at heavyweight, and I done it right but it's it just it just wasn't for me.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes. Fighting out of a, a weight that you're not used to and feels unnatural for you, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So uh, another notable name on your record you mentioned earlier is Roy Jones Jr. Obviously one of one of the greatest of all time. F- for you, what was it like to share the ring with him?
1: It it, it was mad how it all came about. There was, a, I think they were looking for. He was on a run. He was, uh, I think, was eight or nine fights undefeated. The fight before me, beat a, a Scouser, Courtney Fry, um, done a better job than I did. Um, so they, they, called, they called me out. Uh, they, I had the name. I was an ex-world champion. Uh, they wanted the big things of him, uh, and it, it, it was just surreal. We went out to went out to Moscow for the press conference, done done the press conference, um, and then outside we had to go to do like a, a training montage to promote the fight, and they picked Roy up in a Rolls Royce. And I swear to God, people think I'm lying, right? They picked me up in a three-wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> but but I just didn't give a fuck. We get, we get, to, we get to Moscow for the fight. Uh, I was on the pads uh, in a public workout. And w- when I punch the pads, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I, I just sound different to everyone else. My shots just re- reverberate around the place. Uh, and I think when I started in the pads, they realised... You know, fuck, I am coming out the lose, like right? yeah, yeah. Um, so we've done the, we done the, we've done the the medicals and stuff like that. And I gotta tell you about the medical because in Britain, medical before the fight, they've, obviously they've got all the medicals from the brain scan and stuff like that. But they give you a thorough check, over check your heart, check your breathing, check your hands, check your ears, check your throat, uh, and literally give you a good once over. In Russia, he sat me down. He said, you okay? I said, yeah, good. He said, well, good luck tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) We went to to the weigh-in. We weighed in. I shook his hand. He tried to pull me towards him. I'm physically very strong, so I pulled him towards me. And I said, it's an absolute honor to fight you tomorrow. I said, but I will knock you out. And he laughed. I said, look, you made a big mistake. I said, I will knock you out. And that's that's the story tells itself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: You know what? It's not it's not the first time we've heard a similar story about the sort of medical side in in Russia. So um it's (laughs) a different different breed over there. (laughs) (laughs) What what was the decision behind the fight being in Russia? Obviously, yourself being a former world champ, Roy Jones Jr. being who he is, like Russia seems a really odd place to for the fight. Uh, no,
1: apparently um they give him Russian citizenship. So you know, it's a lot of money out in Russia. So I think I, I don't know it must have been they must be paying him to be a Russian ambassador or something like that. But <laughs> I remember, I, remember, I remember sitting there at the press conference and he's saying that you know they treat me so well. I'm gonna I'm gonna move over here with my family and I'm thinking we get it now. I said you come from Florida, sun <laughs> sunshine all year. You come to Moscow, the most one of the most racist countries on the fucking planet, in minus twenty degrees snow. No way you doing this for anything other than my knee like.
2: <laughs> you, Yes, I it makes sense. Do you think with that then is medical might have went different to yours or do you think you give him the same sort of
1: yeah? Oh, they did. They, they probably made him. Uh, they probably <laughs> gave him a good one, so I'll make sure he's hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. He didn't give did a, a fuck. Like <laughs>
0: yeah. you they yeah. just made with you, they just made sure you turned up, and that was it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um. <laughs> So we know you've got um, close relationship with with Joe Calzaghi. Um, you must you must have some crazy stories about like travelling and, and training with him over the years. Yeah, we have. Uh, we got we got loads of
1: stories me and Joe. Uh, I think I leave it for my butt half and stuff. And uh, you know, I I, I, I said one last night. I tweeted something last night. Then we was in uh, we was in Vegas and he was just about to fight Hopkins and. Uh, they come in, they said, Joe, you ready? So we said, Right, there we go. Now he's all wrapped up, he's all gloved up, taped up. Just as he's walking out, uh, he said, fuck, I got, I gotta have a piss. I gotta have a piss. So, Andrew Calzaghi looked at me and he said, That uh, I said, What are you looking at? He said, He was his best mate. I said, He was his fucking father He's touched it before, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was, it was just some mad stories. And me and Joe and his father as well. I remember, I remember HBO, HBO come down once and. They were filming Joe for, for his fight with Hopkins, I think it was, and he offered him a cup of tea. So I goes in to make him a cup of tea because I I was tea boy, and the milk the milk was off by about ten days. Oh. So I said to him, so I said, look, you can't give him that, man. He went, ah, fuck him. He said, so I said, well, I'm not making it. So I sat in the room, I watched him make it, and he made the teas. And as he poured the milk in the tea you could see a clumping and clumping. But fair play to fair the HBO staff. They didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> so what what happened
2: after? But did he need to go to the toilet but for the other side oh,
1: <laughs> I, I, I just shot up there before something happened. I did I was, no, I was having no connection to death or anything like that. Lovely. Um
2: Daisy. So we, we know you, you're always in the gym still. Um, is there anyone we should be keeping an eye out for in the next three to four years?
1: Probably probably not three to four years. Most of my boys are young, uh, but I've got some killers up there. I'm not going to mention no names because half of them are all big-headed as it is. I've <laughs> um, they, they got, got a good squad. We have a laugh. They train very hard. And People think I rule with an iron fist, and I, I far from it. Uh, I like the boys who have a laugh. I like them um, to have a little bit of banter. Uh, I, you know, some if you hear some of the stuff they call each other, it's, it's unbelievable. But <laughs> they've they got to be so close to call each other these names without mm-hmm. getting offended. And to yes. me, to me, they're trying to ban all that in sport. And for for me, I, that's how I grow up. I think it, it breeds you as young men. You'll know, mm-hmm. be able to take a joke, to you, to take a bit of banter, and knowing knowing what banter is and knowing what a joke is and knowing what a friendly, friendly back and forth is rather, rather than some horrible fucker calling you something. Um, yeah, yeah. All, all my boys, all my boys are really close. Cool. Literally, went to a boxing show before and I had two boys and they were calling each other what a dog wouldn't lick. And he had other, <laughs> other, other, other teams looking at me, thinking, how oh, can to let that go on? Uh, and I just said, look, you got. Do you know how close these boys are to be able to say that to each other without taking any offence whatsoever? And that—that's the way I am with the boys. Even, even the youngsters, they have—they have a good. They know what I want. They got to get things done right, but they can have a laugh. They can have a joke as long as it's done, and you know, make it enjoyable for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I love that because especially these days, people don't—they don't understand banter anymore. Like, they think everything that's said is just.
1: They they're rolling it out, and to be honest, I went to, I went to the coaching. Uh, I had to get my coaching badge, and some of the stuff they were saying, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it, it, it was just bonkers. It was like if if a if a kid didn't like doing something, what would I do? They asked. I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, what's your warm up?" I said, "Well, I got a, I got a hill by the gym, it's two and a half miles up, really inclined." I said, they're that bit." He said, "What would you do if one of them didn't like it?" I said, well, I'll ask if one of them got any injuries at a bad angle anything like that. I said, if they haven't, they're going up the hill. Yeah. He said, You can't do that. Said, I said, why? He said, Well, if I don't like you, you have to offer them skip in. I went, like, fuck I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. It made me it made who I am. It's, you know, boxing's an hard, hard, tough sport. Oh. Right, you're going for a run, boys. Oh, I don't like running. Okay, boy, you, you have a little. Yeah, yeah. doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, no, you're not going to get anywhere without putting the hard work in, are you? You've just got to suck it up. <laughs> oh, I, t- I tell you, I tell you a story
1: about the gym now, and see this, this is brilliant. My, my boys are so good. We had this boy, Alex, the Polish powerhouse, we call him. He <laughs> he'd, only, he'd only just come about two weeks and he went for a run with the boys. It was a lot, it was about a three mile run. So, I, Obviously, he was, I didn't expect him to be back the same time as the boys. I just wanted him to get it done, just put the effort in. But he come back about 35, 40 minutes after all the boys. So, he come back, and I said, where have we been? He went, oh, I'm just tired, he said, you know, I struggled." I said, what's that on your top? He had a little mark on his top. He said, I can't lie, I stopped in a chip, for gravy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Needed
1: that bit of extra fuel to get the last few miles. Eh? Well, what could I say? At least he told me the truth.
0: Yeah, yeah. have gotta admire the honesty. Uh, <laughs> you you say about people not being able to take banter and stuff like that. And I know you're very uh, you're always on Twitter calling out the uh, the Melvins. You know,
1: <laughs> know, know what a Melvin is, don't you? No, I,
0: I actually well, don't. To be honest, it, it,
1: it's it's another word for can. So, when I about, <laughs> but I can't I can't get banned from it. So, yeah, yeah. so I thought I'd make something up because you know there are some fucking idiots on there oh yeah
0: yeah, some, some, fighters idiots on
1: there. It's, it some fighters that I am close to they get a lot of abuse. I don't get I get a little bit but I don't get a lot I like thick skin but I, I got I know some fighters who I'm close to and they get little rival tricks and gangs they gang up on them and fucking call them whatever and I'm thinking fucking hell he's done nothing with his life mm. and he's flagging these people off so it's like Oh, it's, it's just some idiots out there. It does I, I love Twitter? It's nice to nice to talk to people. It's nice to interact with fans who followed you for years. And but some it's some absolute whoppers on it. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's, it's yeah. Shite you've got to deal with isn't it, but you know you, you're a smart man. You've changed the definition of of console algorithm. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: but yeah. It's, you know, it's, all, it's all about having a laugh. You know, take things too serious. You know, yeah. some. You know, I put a post up on something and I you you have some idiot trying to be trying to be such a, a knight in shining armor. And, and I'm thinking, what what's it doing to win like?
0: Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah, like I said, trying to play the hero, aren't you? Trying to uh, protect everyone for that. No one yeah, asked for.
1: I, I, I posted a post yesterday about some guy, Dapper laughs, some girl flashed a text to some boys in the subway, and he made out that if a man done it. If a man done it, he get prosecuted, but a woman get away. So I said joking. He's got a point. Oh my god, the amount of America! And the worst thing was, I I, I follow Ice T, and Ice T follows me. So he liked it. And then all 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 his American fans jumped on it. Doesn't get sarcasm. Doesn't get jokes. And well, it's not the same thing. And they write to me. They write to me like four or five tweets in one trying to explain why it's different. I'm oh like I don't care. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like like
2: there's laws around banter.
1: It's banter. Oh. You know I mean? <laughs> it's like like when, when I put out I put out a tweet a couple of years ago, I'm gonna tell a picture of me and Roy Jones obviously my hand in the air and I said, you know, that's I'm gonna tell my kids that's a prime Roy Jones.
0: Oh the amount of
1: Americans, <laughs> 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 I you want is prime mice I know like,
0: <laughs> That's it. They, they don't. They don't get it. No one. No one's got a sense of humor like the Brits, and they just don't understand it. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, so you were in Cardiff at the weekend, obviously for the uh, Eubank Williams fight. Uh, Eubank obviously won quite decisively. Do you think he was um showboating a lot during the fight? I know there was a lot of bad blood between them. Do you I, think he was right. disrespectful of him? I don't.
1: I don't know. Um, the first five rounds, he was. He was phenomenal. He looked phenomenal. But those, you've got to remember those, especially the first one. When Liam got dropped, Liam was actually winning the rounds. Yeah. So, he, he, you know, Liam was in the fight. And what Liam was doing, he was lunging in. And when he was lunging in, Eubank was countering, countering him, coming in, timing his shots. I thought, he, I thought Eubank Jr. was brilliant for the first five rounds. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, best I'd seen him. But then Liam changed things up. And when I mean changed things up, he just changed the way he entered entered the space. So rather rather than lunging in, rather than uh, Eubank seeing everything he was doing, he sort of threw a little thing. He threw a little movement with his foot. He moved his head a little bit just to make Eubank put him off and stop him getting countered and coming in. So I thought it was great by Williams to do that. And then for me, Eubank seemed to just take his foot off the gas. I didn't know whether he he thought he was too far in front. But Liam, Liam clawed his way back into the fight. He got himself back in fight. He didn't... He, he weren't winning. He wasn't coming close to winning. But he closed his way and made a thing. It makes you think if he didn't get caught in our first round, which obviously he did so you can't go back in it, you know, it could have been a different fight. But yeah. for those first five rounds, I thought Newbank Jr. was brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way he was timing his shots, as you say, the fact that he... I think he dropped... I think three of the four times he dropped them with with, with jabs, um, which just goes to show it's all about precision. Time. Yeah. Timing and um, position. So yeah, he look you look great. Do you think there was a bit of disrespect there from Eubank at all with all the showboating, or do you think that was I just him think, making a point? I don't, think, I don't think he was actually showboating
1: that much. Uh I just think I just think he took his foot off the gas, he moved, he made Liam Chase. I think don't think he'd run out of ideas, but I think the plan was to catch Liam lunging in. Uh, and Liam stopped lunging in. Uh he sort of, like I said, he changed his way of entry. So he, I think he was just making. Making Liam chase him, which he did, he didn't cut the ring off much. That's something he gotta work on. Um, but no, nah, I, I wouldn't say too much so, It was it was bad, bad blood between the two of them. Uh, I think Liam said a few things which uh Junior took offense to, uh, and rightfully so. And you know, I, I just think he I just think he took his foot off of gas and he allowed Liam back into the fight. He thinks he says that he could he could have stopped him whenever he wanted. I he heard that after, and I just think yeah. that's a lot of uh, actually, if, if we want to stop someone, who stop someone? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: Lovely. Um Also on the card was Caressa Shields.
2: Obviously, the self-programmed quote. Um, what did you make of her performance?
1: I, I, to be honest, right, I think she's brilliant. I, I really do. Um, and you know, fair play. She, she commented yesterday. She says something about the the commentator was amazing and stuff like that. But she actually thought it was Carl Frampton.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but what I, what I did uh, you can see how, why she's so good her angles are amazing, her balance is amazing, her reaction, and movements, amazing, but she's not an, and I said on the night, she's not a natural finisher, and by, yeah. that, by that I mean when she hurts she's hard enough to gain you respect mm. she's hard enough to hurt you but when I mean a natural finisher, when she had her hurt she smothered her shots, she fell in uh, she didn't pick she didn't give herself space and that's just a n that's just an unnatural finisher. Me, when I hurt someone, I finish them. I mm-hmm. knew I knew I knew which way to step back. I knew which how much distance to give myself. I had a little luck. I threw rather throwing twenty shots, I threw three or four, but I know all three or four would land. And that's just, just me growing up as being a natural finisher. So, you know, that that's the only downside I can see that she needs to work on. I think she I think she's a, an exceptional athlete. Uh, you know, going into MMA as well. And Trying to luck of that, you know, she never she never said she was going to win anything, but she went to the try and she did, and she is a, she is a great athlete, and you know it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a hard fight against Savannah Marshall as well. But Savannah yeah. Savannah's going to, to take care of her job in the twelfth.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I think there's there's definitely a bit of a grudge match there, especially with the sort of post-fight showdown uh, that they had back and forth. Yeah, um, I was, <laughs> I was a. Uh, Gave me a bit of a throwback to like 90s boxing to me that <laughs> you know yeah, you don't get you don't get much of that anymore.
1: It was good, it was good, and you know,
0: the, you
1: could see the difference between something set up, but you see the difference in two people that hate each other. Yeah, and I think and I just think Savannah just gets under Clarissa's skin. I think because yeah, of that because of that because of that win in the amateurs, I think Clarissa just holds on to it. I think Clarissa holds on to it more than Savannah does as a win. Because yeah. I think. She's, she struggles to come to terms with she actually got beat and because it's Savannah she's it's eaten in her life so I think she can't wait to try and put things right do, do you think that can work against her I'm sort of sort of holding that grudge nah it, it depends she, like I said she's not an actual finisher she should know she's not an actual finisher you know she, she's gonna she's gonna come up with a game plan she, her game plan surely can't beat the stand tour to tour of Savannah um, because that's uh, that'll be Savannah's game because that extra punch power. So I think she's smart enough to go in there and do a
0: proper job, yeah. Uh, so we've we seen an interview uh, of yourself a few months back saying you were in the best shape of your life, you were feeling really good, uh, and that rule really, you weren't ruling out a, a comeback. Is that something that you still think about, or no, it's,
1: it's gone now, mate? Um, back in back in July. Uh, I was in the greatest shape I've been in for the last ten years. I've been sparring. I was this. I was that. i was ready to go. Um, I had an offer to train Ebony Bridges for her fight uh, a week before that. I come down with COVID, mm. uh, recovered, uh, but I knew something was wrong. I, I it's been something for months and months. It was eating at me, and I weren't feeling great. And uh, I won't go into too much detail, but uh, mid November I went into hospital. Uh, stayed in there for four weeks. to to get me right. Um, well, it, it was it was it was something due to COVID, but it, it wasn't COVID, mm. uh, and it could have been anything uh, which brought something out. And they promised me I'd get back to normal. It's going to take about six months to get back to uh, shape, but and it probably could take me a year to get back to fighting shape. But by that time, I'm 42. Um, you know, they, they said that I'd never be able to train to the levels I used to. Which, yeah. but I get very close. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm 42, so I don't expect to get back to the levels I used to. Uh, but that would have been that would have been amazing. Sorry, boys, I said a, I <laughs> missed, I said a missed call or someone. <laughs> so um, you know it would have been amazing to fight again, but I can't dwell on it. I can't. Um, so you know i will do other things. I, I love training the boys. Um, you know people love my commentary. On a sports, maybe that's something more I can do. Mm. Um, so, you no, know, I, I got plenty. I got plenty to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so we know you're a big MMA fan too.
1: And um, what was your first experience watching that? Um, I think my first experience was <laughs> kids don't know about this now, but you lot do. To go up my local video shop, and uh, the the guy, yeah, yeah, he said I got this new thing for you, and it used UFC one. So yeah. I watched that, uh, then I started getting into Pride. Uh, pride. I fucking love Pride, and I started. They were my heroes. You know, Fedor, Wanderlei, uh, uh, yeah. Rampage, uh, Sakuraba, Royce Gracie, uh, Henzo Gracie. Uh, who had Who had some absolute killers. Who had Coleman, Mark Goodridge, uh, Randleman. You know, see, I, I rattle them all up. <laughs> I, I just actually love the the pride, uh, and, you know, I just followed the both, and, you know, it's a, it's a wicked sport.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's so, all so enjoyable. You've got, you got, you
1: got, you got a couple of good scouts there at the moment as well, do not Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a
0: few. Looking good for Liverpool <laughs> at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Mar- Marley's leading the way.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, he, he said, after his last fight, that he, um, he's looking to move into boxing before he um, before he retires. Everyone knows he's got the power. How do you see from what you've seen of him? How do you see him ferning in the boxing ring? Uh,
1: has he got the power? McGregor had the power. It's, it's mm. Just it's just diff- the, tra- the power transition is different. And to be honest, I seen a, I seen an interview um, with Tom Aspinall, uh, and he mentioned the same. It's just totally different. And yeah. you know, in in, Ga- in Ghana he's talking about Fury. Uh, you know, if you put him in with someone top 50, maybe top 100, you know, put him in with a journeyman who knows how to survive. I'm telling you now, his power won't do nothing. And people don't, people don't realize that. They see these journeymen with 100 fights and five wins. They're a lot better than what their record says. And yeah. if, they, if they want to, do, they turn it on. So I admire him. And I think it could be a couple of good, entertaining fights he could be in. But as for him winning a title of any shape, form whatsoever, that's a no. Say, same as what it would be if any of the top heavyweights went into MMA. I think out of all of them, I think Fury would have the better chance. The transition, just because of the way he he moves, the way he doesn't set himself. Uh, yeah. obviously he's done he's done a bit of training before with Darren Till.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you then. So with that you mentioned about the power and not it, it not transition it being different. When you look at someone like Anderson Silva then, who's not really renowned for his power; he's more his speed. Obviously, we've seen him be successful against Chavez Junior. Do you think, with how he's doing,
1: he can go far in boxing? Or? No, he was talking talk Chavez Junior, you know, who didn't train. i taken taking boxing seriously for years. Uh, Anderson Silva's type of style would be okay for boxing, mm. but you know, he's like may, maybe ten years earlier. He might try and dedicate himself fully. Maybe so, we don't know. Uh, but you know, people are reading too much into the Chavez Jr. thing. It's like yeah. I'm reading about Jake. I read about Jake Paul wanting to fight Chavez Jr. And uh people said that you know, oh he lost to Anderson Silva. And I said, look, you compare Jake Paul, who had been a novice for two years against Anderson Silva, who not being a boxer, but he competed in combat sports for 20 odd years. Yeah, you know, it's a big difference. And I still, I still reckon Chavez Jr. without training beats Jake Paul as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I got nothing against Jake Paul. I admire like, <clears throat> his hustle, and I think he's doing great for women's boxing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for, 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 for
1: women's boxing, say well, yeah, to, to be honest, he's, he's done Make, well with Amanda and
0: Serrano. So
1: this this fight with Katie Taylor and Serrano wouldn't be happening without Jake Paul. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Um. So speaking, <laughs> speaking of him. Brings us to sort of the next question. Do you think what he's doing for boxing overall is helping or hurting it? Well, it's, it's, it's helping because what people don't realize is
1: when he when he goes to one of his shows, when he has his pay-per-view shows and he say he has a million subscribers to the, the fight. Those million subscribers aren't boxing fans. Mm. They are they they're are MMA fans. Uh, they the his YouTube fans, not MMA fans, they're his yeah. YouTube fans. Now, If he could get 50% of them kids to join a gym properly and learn out the box and become something else, you know, he's done his job. He's brought eyes on women's boxing. Uh, And also, I I read somewhere the other day, he's made four million and set it aside. uh, And he's gone around gyms in USA and redeveloped them and given gloves. And, you know, for me, that's brilliant. You know, Mm -hmm. people, people just, people just look to, don't play everyone. Look, you asked me if he's gonna be a champion. No way whatsoever. He's coming close, right? He doesn't come close. But he's getting eyes on the sport. If he can get new kids into boxing, he's getting new kids into boxing. He's trying to redevelop uh older the gyms, run-down gyms, so they can so these kids who've got no life, no schooling, no prospects, they can go to a gym. Uh and for me, yeah, I think he's doing great for boxing. What what, what
2: you th- how do you think he does when he comes up against obviously the big talkers and coming up against an actual boxer because he's mostly fought like MMA fighters? How do you see him doing against?
1: Yeah, let's be honest, he hasn't fought just MMA fighters. He's fought the worst striking MMA fighters. Yeah, yeah. I, ben looked like fucking the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It was a <laughs> parrot. Woodley, yeah. Woodley, athlete. Uh, can't fault them, Athlete, wrestler. Mm. Uh, can, can throw a right hand, but he throws like four or five around. You know, he, he knew what he was doing. Mm. But what I will say about Jake Paul, he got a good trainer, BJ Flores, um, and he's doing things right. He's training hard uh, and he, you know, he's actually learning the game. So, you know, you could put him in with a, who would I say, MMA beats him striking and I wouldn't even go high. Uh, and Nate Diaz, because Nate Diaz got good boxing skill. Nick Diaz, got decent hand boxing skill. No, they're not going to do nothing as boxers, but he'd be good enough to beat Jake Paul or at least give him a much more competitive fight than Woodley or the Marshmallow Man.
0: <laughs> I, think, um, I think Woodley as well kind of goes back to what you are saying about power not really transitioning. We've seen, obviously, Woodley's a wrestler, but, badly, but we've seen him knock people out in the UFC. It goes to show that, like you're saying, the power doesn't transition over.
1: But look at McGregor against Mayweather, right? And I'm not going to... Go too much in because we've got McGregor in their box before against one arguably the greatest of all time. But ma- McGregor's best chance because he was a lot bigger, he was a stone heavier. Apparently, he had more power than Floyd have ever seen in his life. Uh Floyd pushed him back, tucked mm. up tight, pushed him back. It was easy to push him back. He manhandled McGregor inside. Now if I was if I was MMA rules and they were on a clinch, McGregor ragged all him everywhere because the 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 foot movement is different. The technique is different. But because he was boxed in, and he was limited his movements, McGregor was too uh, Mayweather was too strong for him on the inside as well. I think McGregor actually said that. Uh, you know, it's just boxing. Boxing is different. MMA is different. You know, people don't people don't realize that. And you know, I, I'm a fan of both, and they can coexist. And that fight with McGregor and Mayweather sold so well because McGregor fans thought he was going to beat Mayweather. Yeah, top, big big MMA fans knew he wouldn't beat Mayweather because they they are knowledgeable to the sport of boxing, but the actual McGregor fans actually thought, you know, it's, I argue with people all the time. They say, "Ah, see, you know, if a boxer goes into MMA, uh, what would happen? Look at James Tony against Randy Couture, Randy Amadim And I said, "Yeah, look at a fifty-year-old Ray Mercer knocking out Tim Sylvia in nine seconds. You know, it it just it can happen." Yeah, very rarely will happen that someone from boxing will beat an MMA at their sport or someone from MMA will beat a boxer at their sport but it, it, it can happen at the top level no
2: yeah definitely um, <clears throat> so obviously there's not too many Welsh fighters in the UFC but one that is doing incredible is yeah. Jack Shaw um, what's your opinion on him and do you see him being champ soon
1: well he's he's he's, uh, he's kicking everything in front of him isn't he yeah. Uh it was a couple of boys who were Brett Johns, the Swansea boys mm. in there. Jo- John Phillips, one of my oldest mates, used to box with me. Uh he was in there. But Jack Shaw, he's riding the wave, he's looking good. Uh I think is he fighting this weekend? and um, he's on the London card, Mark. He's London. On the London card. Yeah. Some reason I thought he was on this weekend. Um, but yeah, he's, he's doing very well and you know, still still a long way to go. Mm. Uh, but he, you know, you can't fault what he's doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's
0: been amazing. Um. So finally, then to finish it off, there's a lot of great boxing fights to look forward to this year. Uh, what one? What's the one that catches your eye? What one are you looking forward to the most? Um, I, I'm just hoping.
1: <clears throat> I'm just hoping that the heavy gets sorted. Uh, I'd like, I'd like to think Tyson Fury is number one. Um, but I'd yeah. like, I'd like to see improve it. Um. And, you know, you can all say this and say that, but until he fights Usyk or fights Joshua, well, Usyk at the moment, Uh but obviously you've got to get past Dillian White as well. But mm. it, it, it'd be nice to see, toward the end of the year, uh, who the number one is. But it is some, it's some interesting fights coming up. It's a, a scouser, Paul Butler. He's got fight with Casimiro That's a dangerous fight, but, you know, that's, that's one I'm looking forward to. We've got Sonny Edwards. He, he's shouting out he wants Martinez. That, that's one I'm looking forward to I think Sonny beats him uh, and ultimately Errol Spence Jr Bud Crawford that would be that would be the fight uh, it's, it's some great fights out there definitely the girls as well the girl the girl fights as well and you know, I'm looking forward to see Ebony Bridges against Roman uh, for the IBF title I'm looking forward to see Taylor Serrano uh, I'm yeah. looking for another scouter Tasha Jonah stepping up three weights in a couple of weeks time
0: to yeah, try and get a title with
1: which deserves another crack at. Um, so some interesting fights.
0: Yeah, and uh, you've obviously got Kelbrook and Amir Khan probably about five years too late. <laughs> still, still a good fight. Still a good fight, definitely. How oh, do you see that one going? I've always said Brock. I've always said Brock,
1: and uh, you know I I'll still stay with Brock because they both not were what they were. Um, but when I look at it, yes, Crawford stopped Brock. Uh, Stinting uh, performance. But when he beat Khan, Khan looked for a way out. And when, when, when you're looking for a way out, it's a sign that you haven't got the hunger no more. Because I, I know two or three years earlier, Khan would have gone out on his shield. He mm. would have literally fought till he can't fought, but he looked for a way out. And Brock has never been about speed, he's always been about timing. Khan's always been about speed. Speed's the first thing to go. Yeah. Still, still, still won't put my money on any of them. I just fancy Brock.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it should, should be an interesting fight. Well, uh, Enzo, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. We really appreciate you taking the time today. Right, and man. it's been brilliant for us. We really appreciate it.
1: Brilliant, lads. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Thank care.
1: Ciao, boys.
2: were super necessary